0: Hello and welcome back to the PNTT coverage of our Drive the Lane podcast for League Thirty-One. I'm your host with the most, and taking you coast to coast with my guests today. Um, I have Coach JD of the Clearwater Sit Rockers. Coach, how you doing?
1: Doing good. How are you?
0: Good, good. So I talked to you, and I talked to Future Star today, who uh, is out in Huntington Beach. And so I don't, you're not on the coast, right? In
1: I'm on the uh, Gulf Coast in, in Tampa. Okay,
0: in Tampa. That's right. That's right. So. Not not exactly coast to coast, but it rhymed with host, okay. uh, and, and I was going to roll with it. Uh, so we're going to continue the PNTT coverage uh, today with three groups here with uh, Coach JD. So we're going to be talking about the River Group, the Burdett Group, and the Alfred Group uh, in that order. And so, let, you know, let's go ahead and, and jump into it. Uh, if you're good with that, Coach. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So we're going to start with the uh, River Group, of course, named for. Nashville's River Smith who just graduated Uh, so Nashville is our one seed in this region along with Reno Shawnee and Fort Wayne in that order so we're going to go ahead and start with Nashville Nashville graduated the 2-2 class made up of River Smith uh, Richard Sanders just all of their offensive power Uh, and then they land the the 116 148 class so not a, a class that I don't think is actually as bad as it's rated but still uh, losing a lot with that two-two class, they go from being ranked number two in the nation to they're starting this year ranked 52nd. Uh, so I'll go ahead and just throw it over to you. What do you see with this Nashville squad?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, anytime you lose the uh, a class like a two-two class, I mean, there's no replacing it unless you somehow you know, hit the jackpot again with recruiting, which is pretty tough to do, especially in you know League 31. So um, the biggest question here will definitely be how do you replace those guys, Sanders mm-hmm. and Smith, were elite options in, in both of their positions and um, I know Coach Vo will you know definitely be very sad about those guys not being around for a while um, but yeah I, I definitely agree that the recruits I think the, the magazines were a little harsh as far as their ratings you know so I saw the ratings like oh that's that's a big bummer but I looked at the guys and thought that you know there's there's more talent there so um mm-hmm. so this is still you know even if you consider that to be their worst class overall like there's still you know a lot of talent on this team and i think still makes them the you know the favorite um in this region so
0: yeah yeah i would agree i mean i i think that you know you look at losing You've already said this, but losing 56 points in Sanders and Smith, it's like, where is that going to come from? But he has a fairly loaded bench. I mean, Carlos Daniel was a guy that was scoring 22 points a game and 56% true shooting in high school, and and he comes in his junior year. And then jo- Joshua Ratchford started his uh, freshman year and was scoring eight points a game fairly efficiently but didn't have to shoot as much, um, but it's a guy that could. And then they land Sean uh, Costa or Costa, I'm not sure, um, who scored 28 and a half points per game in high school on 61.5% true shooting, and so he—he's a guy that can take over a lot if you throw him maybe at that uh that shooting guard position, move Wilmot up to point guard, or uh, I don't know exactly what Kyle's going to do here, but I think he has quite a bit of flexibility with the depth he has in his roster.
1: Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see how he puts it all together because I agree there are definitely some options there. The, I think the only question about Costa is, you know, how strong of a defender is he strong enough defensively for, you know, for Kyle? Uh, oh, right. You know, losing some, you know, strong defenders, you know, in the senior class. But um, yeah, I think Wilmot probably moves to moves to point guard and then if uh, costa does well enough there because so last year they you know gave up forty one percent shooting so not only did they score but you know they were a very strong defensive team overall. Right. right, right. Um but they're gonna need his offense. So I figure, you know, he had one steal game, so it's probably a good defender, you know, so along with mm-hmm. his elite shooting, I think that's definitely um, you know, they're gonna need him in the lineup. And then and just look at the other recruits. I mean Trell Smith looks like uh you know, I'm really int- intrigued by him because even though he didn't score a lot, he had he shot some very efficiently. Uh, you know, 45%. right? Five percent. He looks like he plays pretty good defense. He was on the glass. Hands are good, so that looks like a guy that you know maybe sliding into um, one of the forward spots uh, for them. And uh, it reminds me a lot of the guy just signed in league uh, for um, one of the other leagues. I can't remember. Yeah, league forty-two, <laughs> which it, whatever just rolled over. No, actually, he reminds me of. Um, John Grandy from my own team, actually from League Thirty One. Trying to think, can cool. remember what who I, yeah, <laughs> what recruits had just rolled over, but um, right, right. yeah, a guy that didn't score a lot in high school, but looks like he's got an efficient game, and I think could be, um, you know, might be one reason why the class is a little under undervalued overall.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Kyle's great at finding these uh, bigs who are under recruited and super um, productive. Colin Lovelace was a clear lead for him, and. You know, he had 3.7 assists, 2.6 blocks as a 6'10 10 center. Uh, decent enough rebounding numbers. He's going to be a great backup big if Ratchford does have to yep. maybe slot into the power forward spot and put Vest up at the shooting guard spot.
1: So, Yeah, but yeah, definitely overall, there's definitely talent on this team. And, you know, I, I think each of the other teams we'll talk about will all, all have a little something to prove. And you know, I, won't, I wouldn't uh-huh. say it's an absolute lock that Nashville wins the region, but no matter what, they're definitely going to be the team to beat.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they definitely got lucky with a bit of a weaker region, at least on paper. So we can go ahead and move over to the two seed here. So we have uh, Coach Reno, or sorry, Coach J.S. Cheese, our our secondary coach, um, coaching the Reno Rollers. So Reno lost the 70 97 class and got a little bit better with the 48 85 class. Uh, They did finish last year as the 43rd ranked team and then come to the year. As the 84th team. So you you would think with that uh, a little bit of a, a better class coming in, maybe that actually isn't going to hold that, uh that 84, but what do you see here with Reno?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think they're the most likely challenger to Nashville. Um, you know, if you look across the roster, Steven Stewart, one of the better scoring power forwards out there, 22 points a game. Um, you know, yeah, the guys that graduate seventy ninety seven class, which is you know at least a good depth class, if nothing else. And Christian mm-hmm. Palma, point guard, was, you know, his best attribute was really his defense. Um, you know, it looks like he had hit hit an open three. He didn't take too many of them, mm-hmm. but yeah. it seemed like he was the guy that was just kind of competent in that position, but not a, not necessarily a standout. Um, I don't know that they have a for sure um, replacement there, though. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see what. Max Murphy does. I mean, he's going to come in I right. think probably most likely slots in that point guard spot. He's, you know, like Palma wasn't a great distributor, but, um, and so it won't really be losing much with Murphy, not also having a strength there, but he can definitely score. So he's going to add, uh, an extra, you know, threat to the backcourt that they didn't have last season. So get hit mm-hmm. that little inside outside combination with him and, and Stuart, um, you know, along with basically everyone else of significance returning, um, it definitely makes them an interesting team to watch.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, so he's just vacating what eight point six uh, shots per game plus plus five point eight. So um, he he's losing about uh, fourteen shots per game. I think I think you put Max Murphy at point guard, put him at like nine nine five nine nine, even shot pretty efficiently from the three, uh, and just let him roll. I'm I'm actually not really sure why he lets LeBombard shoot. Um, the guy was 36.6 percent from the field on 11.6 shots. Um, if a guy's doing that, uh, I don't really have much interest in letting him shoot. And he has good uh, assisted turnover numbers. And so, um, yeah, I
1: assume he's rated I, as a good shooter, but a lot of it is right. going to be in that that free throw percentage, where he was 93. percent exactly. um, So yeah, a role player there that you know definitely. Murphy should, you know, absorb some of his shots. And I mean, they did, you know, Neil weed off the beat off the bench did, uh, you know, provide some offense for him at, you know, know, eight, eight points in 11 minutes. Um, I think Alejandro Davis though should step in and he's not going to score quite that clip, but he provides a pretty good all around game. So I think they fill in the holes. I, and I actually do think, you know, possibly up, you know, upgraded from, from last year's team. So, Mm -hmm. um, let's see, they made, they made the NTT last year, I believe. Yeah. So, um, you know, an NTT team that is better on paper. I mean, that definitely, um, you know, definitely has a shot to at least challenge in this division, and will certainly be you know amongst the teams competing for the the PNTT playoffs.
0: Right. Yeah, I would agree. And actually, you know, I'm looking at LeBombard's high school numbers, and now I'm realizing why he wanted him to shoot. He just should have stopped him a lot earlier. He scored 22.6 points per game on 61.7% true shooting, and that's on. Fifty-two uh, and a half percent field goal, fifty-one percent from three, and ninety-one percent field goal. So you have that fifty-fifty-ninety. Wow. Um, so he sort of s- slash line. They and need to get some uh,
1: he... some supervision with him because he may have uh, been enjoying the nightlife a little bit in that transition to college. Right. So right. maybe after an off season of looking back at his performance, you know, maybe he's a, a breakout candidate with some better efficiency next season.
0: Right. Yeah. Maybe Reno wasn't the right spot for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump over to the Shawnee Muntjacks, Jacks, uh, coached by, oh man, I I struggled with this on the signing day podcast. I think it's Vern- Vernode. Um, really, really fun coach. Uh, so Shawnee loses the 80 11 class and, and brings in a 39 34 class, a pretty big upgrade. They go, though, they finish the year at 73rd and then they come in this season at ranked 126th. Uh, but what do you see here with this uh, Shawnee
1: squad? Um, definitely an interesting team. Um, of the teams that you know, I was looking at tonight, they're actually kind of the odd team that is stronger in the front court than the back court. Um, they're going to be bigger than a lot of teams that they that they play against, and um, mm-hmm. one. I'm really interested to see uh, of the incoming freshman, Matthew Moat. Um, it's like he played center in high school, but he has a pretty strong all-around game that I think is going to profile really well for the uh, the vacated uh, small forward spot. I mean, this is a team that's going to have to replace, you know, three, uh, the starters from, you know, point guard, shooting guard, and small forward, and some pretty strong defenders at the guard positions, mm-hmm. especially from a team that already gave up 49% shooting. So I think that's going to be the biggest question for them is – um, how the defense uh, goes this year, but there's definitely mm-hmm. some interesting pieces. I like, think, again, Moat, a great all-around game. He's I think he's definitely moving into one of those starting spots. And then Gavin Gamble, okay. while they have some you know, decent returning bigs, he's a guy that blocked over three shots in, per game in high school and may provide a little bit of a you – know, if he starts, get, upgrades that uh, defensive post presence a little bit, which maybe might – help out the rest of the team. So I'm really curious to see if those guys stepping in might uh, kind of elevate the ceiling a little bit. And I think it makes them interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually sitting here kind of mad um, because I didn't notice this during the uh, signing day podcast. And because, so I was on Matthew Moat. Um, he was like a, a scouted plus eight kind of guy. And I'm realizing Vernota's is only on him because you look at his freshmen and see what you notice about their names. Do you notice anything?
1: Um, I do not know. Sorry. But... All
0: right. All right. No, it's okay. It, that's probably bad for the podcast. So we have Hunter Hankins, Gavin oh, Beabold, I'll and that. Matthew.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he he's transitioning from the Johns, um, to the alliterative names. He did this in T league too. <laughs> um, so, so he was really only on Matthew Mo because he was good and had an alliterative name. Um and, and if he wasn't, there was a chance I would have had Matthew Moe. Wow. So Yeah, but, yeah, the, last yeah. Of the
1: sophomores Mark Miller, Jeremy Johnson, Matthew McDonald. So yep. he's having yep. fun with it. So
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know I know he ha he likes to uh keep himself entertained in that way. He he at one point was only recruiting Johns and Juans. <laughs> uh I think it looks like on this team as well, but definitely in uh, T League. Um and, and seems to put together decent teams regardless but but with all that being said i mean matthew Moat is is a, a pretty significant guy i'm um, in this class along with hunter hankins and gavin gamble i i think that they're all going to get a potentially a chance to start especially because he loses three starters um and and actually like despite him just having fun with it i think he has a really a really interesting and decent squad that once again i don't think is going to hold up the 126 ranking
1: yeah no definitely um yeah, those guys coming in, they'll just uh, depend on how good they can get uh, acquainted to the game and um, definitely put them in the mix here for, uh, you know, challengers.
0: Right, right. All right, let's transition to this last team. So we have the Fort Wayne Fury, coached by coach, Burner 3, uh, must be Kevin Durant. Uh, so they graduate the uh, forty nine eighty six class and then add the fifty seven thirteen class, so a little bit of uh, top-end um, power there. Uh, they finished 129th in the league last year and come in ranked 147th. Uh, what do you see with this Fort Wayne squad?
1: Yeah, so this is a team that had consistently been an NTT team and a, a very strong performing one at that. I mean, they were a national runner-up mm-hmm. you know, five five seasons ago um, and then consistently winning, you know, getting the sweet, well, it looks like at least past the second round um, in each of the last couple seasons before things kind of hit a rough patch last season um, with the top all the way to the right. NTT so you know that uh burner knows how, how to coach with the uh, with the appropriate talent. Um, you know, looking at this team I and mean, Ryan Griffin coming in uh from the freshman. I mean, I, he's the guy that's behind that. You know, the higher ranking mm-hmm. on the on the hardwood side and he looks like a it's an impact mm-hmm. player, you know, in the post. And then um you have the guy with the the great porn star name, Rowdy Handy, uh the returning <laughs> leading scorer for them. The a three and D guy, um, doesn't like to pass a whole lot, but uh, I and mean, those two guys are going to carry you know, offensively. And then, uh, you know, Justin Biggs a, uh, is interesting you know, from the freshman as well. So I don't know about Hoskins yeah. too much. I mean, maybe he's a blue guy, but at least statistically he doesn't look that great. But Biggs and Griffin right. are, you know, probably carrying that recruiting ranking and you know, most likely are slotting into this team, which only lost one starter. So there's definitely going to be uh, you know, an improvement here. Um, which I, I think it puts them kind of right in that same kind of level as Reno and Shawnee is in being that any of these teams could really, you know, step up and impose a challenge. I think one of these teams probably could make the playoffs, so it's just a matter of which one, mm-hmm. you know, puts together the wins to do it.
0: Right, yeah. I, I think you nailed it. Yeah, all all names team here in uh, Fort Wayne with Rowdy Handy. Love it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you – hit on a lot of really good things. They they just didn't lose a, a ton of impact from uh, the guys that graduated and added a lot more impact with Ryan Griffin. And so he's going to be a really fun player to uh, see them sort of get bigger. They don't have to start herring at the power forward position anymore. I think they can throw Griffin in there. Um, and, and this is a team that actually can surprise some people again, you know, uh, after having hit that rough patch last season. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some players to watch. We've talked about a lot of guys here, but who are like two or three guys that you're really keeping your eye on? Um,
1: let's see. So I already closed out my, my tabs here. I forgot that we come back around to this. Oh, this yeah, um, yeah.
0: That's my bad here. Yeah. Go ahead. I can start it. I, I think Andre Wilma in Nashville is actually a really intriguing player. I think he's the best defender they had. You, you don't look at his numbers are fine. I mean, 1.2 blocks for a shooting guard is pretty good, but, uh, he has really good on-ball defense, and so uh, a lot of guys that he went up against would were shut out. And then he shot super efficiently last year. And so if he can take a little bit bigger piece of the pie, uh, and it seems like he could in high school, um, then I think he's actually he's really going to take over for this squad. Um, you look at Reno and a guy that we didn't really talk about, and Steven Stewart um, is a pretty intriguing guy, 6'8". I wonder if uh, if he can maybe move up a spot if they're going to be able to throw David Ryan in or not. And then um, with Shawnee, I mean, Matthew, I think is a really exciting prospect um, who could put up even better numbers in college than he did at high school. Yeah. And
1: it definitely makes sense. Yeah. We, we touched on, you know, quite a bit for, for Shawnee. So it's definitely be, be, will be the guy to watch for them. And then, yeah, I mean, Wilmot's got to be the the guy that steps up for, for Nashville, Um, you know, outside of, you know, seeing if Sean Costa can come in and, you know, really provide a huge scoring um, hit in his first year. And a lot of – it seems like, you know, we touched on a lot of the freshmen here. So, um, you know, yeah, Stephen Stewart, we touched on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it seems, uh, each of these teams are really going to be kind of defined a little bit by how ready the, the freshmen are to come in because there's definitely some, some open spots out there. And then I guess just one more note for uh, for Max Murphy from from Reno, who um, is going to step mm-hmm. into you know probably the point guard spot for them and and be an interesting uh, interesting case. So um, yeah, oh I, I guess we didn't touch on yeah. Hold on, oh no, that's the other different region. So yeah, no, I think that should cover it.
0: Yeah, they all bleed together, at a <laughs> point, don't <laughs> they? Um, yeah, yeah. So let's do quick predictions. Uh, what do you see for? Happening in this, uh, region. yeah. I mean,
1: like, like mentioned, I think Nashville. I mean, I, I can't predict any one of the three teams to beat them. Um, that said, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't, I'm not going to be shocked if it happens. Um, but mm-hmm. in, in, until someone beats them, you know, they're you can't predict anything other than that. I don't think they're going to go unscathed. So, I, and I didn't look at their, um, the out of conference or out of um, group games, they play,
0: yeah. They play Salt Lake City, 37th, us, 110th, and Aberdeen, 48th. Okay.
1: So, I mean, you're probably figuring they're going to go at least four and two. So, um, mm-hmm. what are, you know, which one of Reno, Shawnee, or Fort Wayne, can any of them match that number you know, or do better? You know, I don't know. But um, I, I feel like it's more likely to be maybe like Nashville taking the group around four and two. And then these other teams are probably going to be split in that kind of two to four win range. So, um, I think they're all good enough to win yep. games. Um I, I, just, I don't know if the other three teams have enough depth to win, you know, four plus with the, all the competition in uh in this tournament.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think Nashville takes it, but I think it's actually a lot tighter than the rankings would say. Um, it's kind of a, a region that I could force – I could see any of these four teams really taking it, but I think Nashville yep. has to be the favorite, just with their depth at this point. Yep, so – Good stuff. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about the Burdette group. Hello and welcome back. I'm still here with Coach J.D. We're going to be breaking down the Burdette group. Uh, the Burdette group is made up of Waterloo, who lost Austin Burdette, um, Dearborn, Huntington Beach and Englewood. Uh So we're going to go ahead and jump into the one seat in this region, which is G Money's. Uh, Waterloo Woodchucks coming off of the number one, or sorry, the uh, the championship win uh, in the NTT, which is of course not as a, not as prestigious as a PNTT. Um, he couldn't win that, but he did win the NTT, so I guess we'll give him that. Uh, so Waterloo graduated the thirty-seven forty or thirty-four forty-seven class, um, and brought in a one thirty-four one sixty-six class. I know he was pretty disappointed in, uh, and he went from number one team in the nation to number seventeen team in the nation. Uh, what do you have on Waterloo here, Coach?
1: Yeah, I mean last year, you know, we we previewed the you know the group with Waterloo in it, and you know we mm-hmm. could we could do nothing other than sing their praises and talk about how they're legitimate mm-hmm. championship contenders for for, for, in, for both tournaments, obviously the right hours and that one. So, um, and obviously it didn't take, you know, rocket science to predict that they'd be amazing and turns out, you know, they were. So um, looking at, you know, this season, um, you know, they lost Burdette who is, you know, other than scoring is was just a perfect big man and, and complimented the rest of that lineup so well, because everyone else in that lineup scores at a very efficient and high level, and when right. they all return, so you're you're talking about sure they're not no longer the most talented team in the country on paper, but I mean one through four, they're still one of the best, if not the best, you know one through four there. Um, bringing mm-hmm. back Bryant Hess, elite scorer Jared Ingram, maybe the best small forward in the country, or definitely the top two or three. Um, mm-hmm. Lucas Cruz, maybe he moves to center, um, a great all around player who would be. I'm sure it would score much more on other teams. And then William Daniels will probably only be better as a sophomore than he was mm-hmm. as a, as a freshman. So, I mean, anytime you have those four guys, I mean, it's going to be tough to, um, you know, tough for anyone to to really match up with that.
0: Right. I think I at six, two could probably play center and they'd win most of their games. Um, yeah. And I think that the Lassiter is a really interesting guy that they got. Um, so he's six eleven. um, scored not a scorer, but had 4.4 assists and 2.1 blocks so he could he's not going to be as defensive as Burdett, but could potentially fill that burdette role um and he fell to waterloo we talked about that today on his podcast but um i was really surprised that he was not signed by the the leader um but that he was a guy who fell to waterloo so he could potentially play sort of like that burdette light role um but i think you're right this team is going to be fine
1: yeah, I mean, and you have Dominic White, who still performed well in, in, in a reserve role mm-hmm. last season. and still blocked on you know, almost three shots per thirty minutes, twelve rebounds. So someone is going to provide the defense. He doesn't provide the hands that uh, that Savion Lassiter does. A great name with right. uh, Savion. Yeah, great the two guys, I and mean, they're going to be fine. I mean, again, they don't need that center to be a star player with with the rest of the star power that they have. Um, so yeah, they're you know so, should still be you know amongst the favorites for. Um, definitely this group, but for the, the tournament overall as well.
0: Right, I would agree. Yeah, I, we're going to see them in the PNCT playoffs. Uh, let's go ahead and jump over to the two seeds. So we have the Deborn, Dearborn. oh boy, <laughs> Defenders, uh, coached by Coach Cali Uh They graduated the one forty five eighty class and added a much better fifty five forty 40 class. Um, they finished last season, though, ranked number 30, uh, and then they come into the season ranked 99th. Uh, what do you see here
1: with this D airborne squad? Yeah, you're talking about um I know last season we talked about a little bit about teams that are kind of on that upward trajectory and you know enjoying mm-hmm. the ride with them, and that's kind of where they've been at. Um Elite Eight team in the PTT last season signed another good recruiting class, mm-hmm. um, or I guess the, their best recruiting class so far um to add into the add into the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. so overall, um You know, again, worst classes are upperclassmen. Jacob Bitter scored quite a bit along with playing some, you know, really outstanding defense from the point guard Mm -hmm. for him. So, and he's, you know, with the hands, you know, negative assist turnover, you know, would be better off as a smaller shooting guard, but, you know, you could do a lot worse than a guy that can puts up 26 points a game, you know, from the point guard spot. Um, A lot of their best players are guards. So that's kind of like one of the, one that I guess the issues for the team um, you know, overall though, I think the depth will be better once you you bring in you know their their class again. Lots of guards. Um, you know, Grant Carr can play on the wing, and he looks like a good player. Uh, so, I don't think they're going to necessarily threaten for you know, maybe the the playoffs out of this group. But they, they might need one more class. But if they can get a, a decent class of forwards, you know, this next season, I think they'll be an interesting team that we'll be talking about next season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little bitter about Grant Carr. I I was going to get him up to 49 points and change my mind late because I was like there's no way he's not maxed. And then uh Dearborn had him clear at like 32. Nice. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I know that always feels great, doesn't it? <laughs> um so he he was recruited pretty well. Or sorry, uh ranked pretty well by the scout. And so I think he's a pretty good player and and probably the uh the upper end of this uh 5540 class. Um so I think he could potentially slot into their starting lineup because they're pretty, they started pretty small team.
1: Yeah. I mean, they had, they, they lost their, their power forward, you know, Charles Kaiser, who was definitely a solid scorer, but you know, wasn't really much on the boards or, you know, wasn't a whole, didn't seem like he had like, he didn't necessarily possess like a all, great all around game. So right. I mean, the, the biggest question I guess for them is who is going to start at power forward for them? Do you put carr there as a, is a smaller guy played small forward in high school. One of those, their bench was all, they were all pretty big. So do, do one, can one of those guys slot up into that spot? Now that you've added a few more guards uh, in this class. So, right. um, curious to see what the, the makeup, of the lineup is uh, Kaiser's not impossible to replace by any stretch, but there was some production there. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, overall in mean, that bench, they combined for what, about six or seven points a game. They didn't play very much. They relied heavily on the starters. So, um, really I, I think that again the depth is better with this class uh for or for the team this year so um I think they can there's some up there's some upward um potential here for them to be better than they were last year
0: yeah they'll just need to add uh height next year I I don't think that they're going to be able to sort of compete with like the water lose of the world because they have one six nine guy and then other bigs who don't seem to be very usable um and then they bring in two six foot guys and a six six guy. But I, I did forget to mention you. I don't even know if you'll get this reference, but um, they do have the Fetty Wap uh, sophomore class at seventeen thirty eight, um, and so that's pretty exciting. It's a it's a rap thing, so Cheese will get it, and that's about it.
1: I know the name, um, and maybe back in my collegiate days, I, I probably I, I know I've heard of Fetty Wap anyway, but okay, I would okay, not have gotten sure. seventeen thirty eight though.
0: Yeah, 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 that's that's what they say at like the beginning of the other songs.
1: They'll be like seventeen thirty-eight, you know. How how is that again? Yeah, you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, we'll move on quickly. Um, so we now have the uh, the number three team in this region, the Huntington Beach Oxen, coached by uh, a slew of letters that I don't know how to read. Um, they <laughs> uh, graduated the nineteen thirty-four class and brought in a twenty-one fifty-nine class. And then finished last year, ranked as the 62nd best team, uh, and coming to the year ranked 23rd. What do you see with the Huntington Beach squad?
1: Yeah, so this is the most likely team out of this group to to challenge Waterloo. I mean, I I don't think they will, but I think you're definitely looking at a team that you know probably is going to beat up on the other two. And you know, depending on what the rest of the conference looks like, you know, I think it's probably a a very strong bet to be uh, in the playoffs whenever that comes around. Uh, Mm You know, you're looking at. you know, they don't necessarily have a standout star player. And even from the incoming recruits, there's not like a, an obvious person that comes in, but they're not really a team that's built on, you know, star players or, or high scoring. Mm-hmm. You know, they only scored 72 points a game last year, but they gave up only 66 and team shot under 40% against them. So this right. is a team that, you know, thrives or prides itself on its defense and, uh mm-hmm. You know, they lost German Thomas at small forward who really was a, a solid all around player. You know, he contributed offensively, good hands, played defense, a little bit of work on the glass. So you do have to replace his production. And then if you're looking at the incoming freshmen, um, they're similar. You know, they're six five, six six, they score a little bit, but not elite. Um, the best guy, you know, looks to um you know looks like it'll be maybe Jonathan Price uh who can you know score grab some rebounds um hands are, are decent but you know either him or mm-hmm. or Provo I and mean, one of those guys you know probably slots into that small forward spot and should kind of keep things going and they should be mm-hmm. a deeper team than last year so you're talking about a team that was um in the PTT but th- this should be a team that you know has hopes of being in the NTT and making the playoffs of in, in this tournament
0: yeah, yeah, and I, I do think that they have at least a decent shot. You know, um, they're in Conference Twenty Eight, which seems pretty wide open. Uh, not a very good conference, and and so I think we'll see them in the NTT. Um, it's hard, yeah, it's hard for me sometimes with these teams that don't have guys that sort of pop off the page to pick them for the playoffs. But uh, you know, the system likes them for a reason. They are a pretty uh, deep team who can sort of spread it out, and maybe that's good with the new uh, incoming patch of the. The one man show. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Let's talk about the number four team in this uh, region. So we got the Inglewood Igloo Makers uh, coached by coach MC Vic three Um so Inglewood graduated the eighty seven seventy seven class and brought in the twenty five sixty three class. So a much better class. Uh, and then they finished last year ranked uh, the, as a 105 team. And then they come into the season as the 114 team. What do you see here with this Englewood squad?
1: Yeah. So Englewood, you know, they're in the tournament, you know, not expecting to really compete, you know, to, to win it anyway, but, you know, they, they know they're going to take some lumps and get some experience for for their guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some interesting freshmen to watch there. And Jack Ross looks like a, a great player who, you um, could handle probably either guard spot. I mean, they did lose mm-hmm. uh, their leading scorer Robert uh, Rabidi, Rabidi um, however you would have pronounced the name. As sure, forward, uh,
0: mm-hmm. and, they,
1: and they had a point guard who didn't score, but ten assists and you know a steal and a half per game, and that's a solid production that you'll take. So um, you know, Ross is probably a guy that's probably the favorite to step into uh, that that point guard spot. Although um, Keegan Hunter um, is going to is going to figure in there somewhere as well. I mean, he scored nine points yeah, with eight, you know, eight assists. So, I mean, between those guys, they're probably your starting backcourt. Marklin probably moves and slides over to small forward. So, And then they're going to have a young team of, uh, you know, uh, returning all their production going into next year. Um, so, yeah, not a favorite overall this season, but, you know, some, some, some guys to watch.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I I'd be interested if he'd be willing to put Levi Nelson at the small forward position. Uh he had four point what four point one offensive rebounds per game in high school. Uh that'd be really interesting to throw him in there with Long Carter, who indeed lives up to his name at six ten. Um but it, it'd be hard to see like who he would pull out. Gabriel Parks was a fairly efficient scorer. Um and so yeah, I, I like this team. I think it's a pretty deep team. Um it's it's not gonna make tons of um uh noise in this tournament, but I think the the fact that he's rated so low and, and this deep is usually not something that's that goes hand in hand. So uh I, I would I would not be surprised if he uh, upset a couple teams here in this tournament. Yeah, I'd
1: like their chances of winning a few more games maybe in like one of the other groups, like you know, the one that we just went over. Um, right, but in this group, I mean, they're they're not going to compete with Waterloo, and, and Huntington Beach will be a an uphill climb as well. But um, right, yeah, the, I mean, definitely a team to watch. Um, they need another recruiting class to start competing with those teams. Yep, I'd agree. Cool.
0: Well, let's talk about uh, players to watch in this region. Who you got?
1: Um, just like last year, the the entire Waterloo starting lineup, was <laughs> right. I mean, right. all those guys are once again going to be. Um, you know, someone that you want to, to look out for. Um, and, and it goes without saying, I mean, even looking at their, their, play, their performances last year in the NTT, I and mean, there's just stud players, Hess and Ingram, uh, you know, two of the best in the country. And then um, looking at Dearborn, you know, we touched on him, Jacob Bitter, can score a ton of points. So we're really curious to see what he does um, this season, if he stays a point guard or slides over into a different spot. Huntington Beach, you know, they don't have again that one standout guy, but they're you know more of a sum sum of parts so with with a strong defense. Can there be a guy that stands out there to, you know, kind of be the clear guy along with, um, you know, uh, the strong defense overall? And then in Englewood, you're just looking at you know those young guys who's gonna who's gonna step up, and you know most likely that's gonna be Jack Ross, who it will be real interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was trying to look up if. Uh... Stephen Wallace. I feel like he's like a, that is very much like a, you know, seventeen seventy six sort of name. Um So I just googled it, but he is a very ugly race car.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> so not worth looking up. People, aren't we all? <laughs> aren't, oh, they aren't, all? I don't know. aren't they I all? More, no, no. Or aren't they? I'm going to go with we. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk uh predictions here. What do you think is gonna happen? Yeah, I mean,
1: Waterloo shouldn't have any, you know, true issues. I mean, maybe Huntington Beach gives them right. gives them a run uh in their game, but I mean Waterloo should definitely be expecting to probably, you know, be five and one or you know, four and two would probably be their absolute floor, depending on their their out of conference mm-hmm. and and then Huntington Beach, you know, um should be able to, you know, take care of business with Dearborn and Englewood. Mm-hmm. Um so then what, what do they win out of their other conference? Again, I think you're looking at a PNTT t tournament team. And then Inglewood um, you know, and Dearborn, um, we'll see what, what they're able to accomplish. I, 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 wouldn't, I don't know if either one's necessarily worse than the other one per se. Uh, either one could finish in that third spot.
0: Yep, I 100% agree. I, I think Waterloo wins this one pretty easily. And then Huntington Beach has a pretty good shot at the playoff. Um, Especially because they, I mean, they play Plainview and Santa Fe, which are hard games. But if they can grab either one of those, they have a a good shot at four and two. So cool. Well, we're going to finish up here with JD and our coverage of the PNTT um, preseason with the Alpha Group here next. All right, and welcome back to the PNTC coverage here with Coach JD. I'm Coach Jimmy Neutron of the Rochester Point Geniuses. Uh, we're going to go ahead and finish up with our final group. It's the Alfred group, um, of course, named after the famous Darren Alfred, part of that 1-1 class that Rockford graduated. Uh, so in this group, we have the aforementioned Rockford. We have Aberdeen. Welcome to the tournament, NAF. I know you just uh, finished up getting some STD, and so we appreciate you joining the PNTT this year. Uh, And then we have Bloomington, coached by Coach RDE, Rob, and then Harrisburg by Kevin Apps. So a lot of really good coaches in this region. We're going to go ahead and start with Rockford. Um, They are the number one team in the nation and the number one team in our hearts. Um, So they graduated the 1-1 class, like I said, and then added, you know, just a casual 11-15 class. They're probably going to suck. Um, and then they finished last year as the number three team uh, and then coming to the season number one
1: team. Uh, what do you see here with this uh Rockford team? Yeah, they have uh, they've got this great skill of bringing in the 11th rated
0: group, <laughs> right?
1: Group to sim hoops. I mean, what are the odds of that three years in a row with uh, uh, basically a top 10 consensus class of with all their incoming recruits? Um, yeah, I mean, anytime you're talking about replacing you know, a trio, you know, one, one class like they had. I mean, you just, you just can't do it. Um, it's like national, they're two, two class and there's no way to replace those guys. I mean, other than yeah, sure. Bring in another great class like this one. Um, right. So, yeah. You know, it is a step down from, from the guys that they had. So, I mean, you can, you know, they're going to step back from being like a no doubt about it, like championship favorite type to being a very strong contender for the championship. So, mm-hmm. um, when you look at them. So I just look at the guys coming in, um, you know, Edgardo Bates looks like a great player and he's definitely going to move into one of those uh, open spots in the backcourt. Uh, you know, look at the guys that were on the bench last year. Sebastian Gentry was the best scorer. Um, I don't know if it, about his defense, if it will be up to the level to move into the starting lineup, but you know, he's going to be in that conversation. Um, and then uh, Kenneth Hill is more of, uh, probably a pass first uh guy, so I'll be curious to see if he's maybe the guy that takes over at point guard um and he played shooting guard last year and, and got had over seven assists you know, you know seven to one a t o just mm-hmm. so um you figure he's the guy that's surrounded with some weapons and uh you know it just depends if there's enough scoring on the rest of the lineup to support him, plus like you know kill Thorpe at center who's not an offensive threat. So, but you're really mm-hmm. curious to see just kind of how they put their lineup together. Clearly they're one of the most talented teams in the league. So, you know, the talent's there. It's just, uh, so who's going to step up and replace those guys?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you nailed it. I mean, I think that my, my like the one I'm kind of keying in on is a small forward position. It's going to be impossible to replace Jonathan Brown, but they're a little bit of a smaller team this year. I know they were also on Matthew moat with me, who's six, seven. Uh, and so they bring in a six, three, six, five, six, five guy they don't bring in a little bit more of that sort of lengthy um, wing. And so it's like, do you just roll in those 6'3", 6'5", 6'5", guys? Does your pass-first guy take the bench while Sebastian Gentry takes a little bit of a bigger role? Because he got got buckets in high school, too. So, um, like you said, it'll be really interesting. I think Joseph Leslie will take on a little bit more of an offensive uh, role here. He was scoring uh, 19.3 points per game in high school uh, at a 51% field goal percentage. And so uh, I think that they, they just have so many options. It's ridiculous. Uh, and I, I would kill for like two of those options right now. Yeah. So. I'm
1: sure. Yeah. A few of those guys would be, would be welcome on my roster too. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and jump over to NAF's, uh squad. So Naftali has the Aberdeen tribe. Um, so Aberdeen uh, graduated the 43, 39 class and then brought in the one Oh two one Oh five class. And then they finished last year as the 42nd ranked team. And start the year as the forty-eighth ranked team. What do you see here with Aberdeen?
1: Um, definitely uh, intriguing uh, options that this team possesses. Um, you know, looking at who they lost, uh, and they lost their power forward, who can you know, grab some rebounds as a six-seven undersized guy, but you know, really isn't you know anyone that is going to be remembered. Um, you know, Spencer Fox. Uh, kind another kind of role player it looks like he probably started most of the season, also came off the bench a little bit, but um played some strong defense, took care of the ball, not an elite scorer. so a guy that everyone you know doesn't necessarily love to replace, but someone who is replaceable um the guys coming in i mean Samuel Killo is going to be the you know the one to watch uh you know if he was six four he'd be a great shooting guard you know probably right. but he's five eleven so he's another one of those guys that. Shoots first, you know. It looks like he doesn't really have the hands, uh, but most likely is the option to step in and play point guard for them, and just, you know, shoot it whenever he wants. And then uh, Andrew right. Johnston, who, you know, was was good last year as a as a point guard at six seven, but um, you know wasn't very efficient scoring. Um, right, you, know, you kind of wonder, you know, he would probably be well suited to move, you know, maybe over to uh, you know small forward or a spot mm-hmm. further up the lineup. And I'm I'm sure that's probably the way he's going to go. Um, but be curious to see how, if he can maybe become a little bit better, um, you know, score for them, um, you know, playing in a different position.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think you look at Andrew Johnson and he was pretty efficient scorer, 61% true shooting in, uh in high school as a shooting guard. And so um, I think that the the point guard uh, experiment with him probably has to go away. He just has not been as an efficient scorer here. in in college. I would, I would throw him in the small forward position because he can't pass. Um, but you know, N- Nass a good coach and he'll figure it out, but I do think he has a decent amount of options. I, I do like Samuel kill out just being like a nine, nine, um, point guard and, and just letting him rip and see what, uh, what kind of offensive boards, uh, Pullman, oh, Pullman graduated, uh, Souders can, uh, bring in, but I don't, I really don't know what they're going to do here at the f- power forward position. Um, yeah, I mean, they just lost a lot of height.
1: Yeah, yeah, they lost height there, and um, and they, they do return. Let's see, so Rocket will come back at you know your backup center spot, and Sanders is the incoming recruit, I and mean, he can play a forward position. You know, he could probably play the smaller power forward spot. You know, if if he needed to, he's got good hands, plays defense, and you know, it looks like he could probably hold his own on the board a little bit. Um, and yeah, I don't know who's going to start uh, necessarily. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a question mark there. But right. Then what kind of holds them back from? you know, and they're not in like the Rockford's league anyway, but you know, you're talking about a team that, um, you know, could compete for, you know, playoff spot, um, m- most likely not this season, but I-, I would say they're on the fringe. They'll probably be in, in the conversation, maybe going to the last game or two. So we'll, we'll see what they can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, i I would probably throw Ethan rocket there in the power forward position. seems like he's probably a good or excellent defender and a good rebounder, maybe a uh, good athleticism. Um, I mean, he got three blocks per game in high school. Maybe you throw him with Souders and they just protect the rim together. Yeah, and so I think that, they, that could they out
1: of foul trouble and just have to accept right. it if they do. I mean, yeah, play, play your best guys the most minutes and, and, and go from there.
0: Right. Yep, I agree. Uh, all right, let's jump over to the third team in this region. So we have Bloomington College coached by coach RDE. Rob, uh, his squad lost the 36-27 class, added the 195-187 class. so Lost a lot. Um, they finish the year as a 31st team and then start the year as a 93rd team. What do you see here with Bloomington?
1: Yeah, this is never the position that people want to be in, you know, with having a, a definitely a disappointing signing day. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you're returning one of the most electric uh, point guards out there with uh, Michael Zeidler, 26 points, five assists per game. So, you know, they're going to go as far as he can carry them, and he's going to need to shoulder even more of that load this season. We'll see if he can push that scoring up to – about 30 or so points a game and then um, see who can kind of step up next to him. Larry Cadigan. I mean, he was just a really solid <clears throat> all around player, uh, 16 points, two steals per game, which is really great at shooting guard where, you know, most people, you know, have their leading score. So anytime you can have an elite defender to make things difficult on the opposing team, that would, it's obviously ideal, you know, the hands, led the team and assist. So this is a huge um, hole that he leaves. And, you know, unfortunately, not someone who none of the incoming recruits, you know, look like they're capable of stepping into that role. So you know, you're talking, yeah, definitely you're taking a step back from last season um, and, you know, kind of becoming a little bit more of a one man show with Zeitler. Uh, Mill holds up over the mm-hmm. post a little bit. He's, he's a presence there anyway. But, um, yeah, you're going to be looking for, you know, some people to step up, you know, to to make to make much noise.
0: Yeah, but no spot. I mean, he, he got seven and a half rebounds per game as a center. That's pretty bad.
1: Only 23 um, minutes over 24. So you figure that he true. plays a little more, that'll come up a little bit. Yeah. It's definitely not an elite rebounder, but you figure right, if would play right. closer to 30, he's closer to three blocks. Closer to yep, eight, I didn't notice Eight or that. nine rebounds. So, I mean, yep. clearly he'd be playing 30 minutes if he was, you know, great. Um so he's clearly not like an elite guy, but you know, he's a big guy down right. there. And but, I mean Ethan Morse next to him is, is definitely the bigger name. I mean fifteen points, ten right. rebounds from from him. Um not sure what his defense is because not a lot of steals but blocks a few shots. So I mean outside of Zyler, I and mean, he's gonna be the guy that you're gonna be really hoping can up his production.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Larry, the Larry Cadigan, the guy the guy who graduated this senior you're talking about. I mean, he feels like an old Cadigan under someone's bed, you know. <laughs> That's that's Taylor Swift right yeah, uh,
1: yeah, that That's that—that's all you there. The rap and Taylor Swift are yeah. very, uh, yeah, very yeah, well-versed in yeah. the music I, game. Yeah,
0: I'm a very, yeah. Mama says I'm cultured. Grandma says I'm kosher, you know. So, <laughs> uh, I don't
1: know. Yeah, I think, just I guess just one more, I guess, to, just to add a note. I mean, Daniel Torres off the bench is probably going to have to be a guy that steps into the lineup and, and provides some production. He can score a little bit. Played, let's like he plays some decent defense. So, they're going to need him to do something um, to, to help. Uh, Yeah,
0: Yeah, I would agree. All right, let's go to the uh, last team here. We have the Harrisburg Crushers, coached by Coach Kevin Apps. So they lost the 30-13 class and then bring in the 30-22 class. So they do replace um, a little bit of what they've lost. Uh, And then they finish the year as the 121st team, but come into the year as the 174th ranked team. I uh, know Kevin Apps is a great coach and figures things out and can piece things together. But what do you see here with this uh, Harrisburg
1: squad? Yeah, You just see a team that just needs more talent. Um, you know, there are some, mm-hmm. some lean recruiting seasons and, you know, the sophomore class is going to be, you know, it's going to be kind of an anchor for a little while. And you lose a guy like Ford Thomas who, you know, led your team in scoring, you know, so, you know, put up a lot of shots, but just shot was super efficient. 61% true shooting Played defense. I mean, it, it, that's tough to replace a guy like that. Um you know, German White coming in from the freshman does look like a pretty good player, and I'm sure he's going to be the guy that's going to slot into that shooting guard spot. It um, should provide you know pretty good you know, production overall. Um, him and Dozier you know perform a pretty good um, pretty good backcourt. But you know you kind of you're looking around, and the one thing I would say that can make them you know, improve from last season is uh you know I think Kyle Hammond can help them improve the defense a little bit. Um, you know I think name I mean, the recruit. Oh, the recruiting class was 32-22, so it was rated well. Um, yeah, Hammond to step mm-hmm. in. He's going to perform. He's, he's a great rebounder. He's going to block some shots, so that should help the team defense out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. they got to find some forwards. Mariah uh, looks like a, a glue guy, can do a little bit of everything, so he, he probably starts as well, I would imagine. Um, yeah, they're going to have to find some some more production out on the wing. But um, So some things to be excited about, but just another team that's going to need another recruiting class or two to, to really make some noise.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I wish that this thirty thirteen class could have been paired with this 32 uh, 22 class. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but that's just not how it works. Paul well, was clearly <laughs> so, a
1: major hole for them last season. And David Taylor played right. there and it doesn't really look like he really stood out in any aspect of the game. So, and that's already a hole in addition to having to replace two starters. So, I mean, at least they, I think they did sign right. three starters. So, I don't, I don't, they're not dropping off and I think they can be better than last year. But, I mean, there's just not going to be any depth here.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and go through just a couple of players to watch in this region. Who are you looking at?
1: Um, so, once again, some of the freshmen. I mean, German White we just spoke about um, <clears throat> there with, with Harrisburg. Um, and then, you know, Michael Zeiler, how many points is he going to score for Bloomington will definitely be something to, to look at. Um, Andrew Johnston and Samuel Killo over at Aberdeen. Um, how will Johnson do moving out of the point guard spot, which I think we both assume will happen. And then, I mean, Rockford, mm-hmm. who's going to be that, that next guy up? Uh, lost so mm-hmm. much, but clearly they've got talent. Is it Gardo Bates going to be the guy as a freshman? Mm-hmm. He, he could be. So, um, yeah, who's going to be that guy? Sebastian Gentry, does he turn to 25 point per game score? Someone on that team is going right. to stand out and be one of the, the guys we're talking about from this group at the end. This is maybe a little unclear as to who it is right now.
0: Right. Yep. I think you nailed it, uh, all guys I was going to talk about. So, let's go ahead and go ahead and do – some uh, predictions. What do you think is going to happen in this group? Yeah, Rockford
1: is clear, the clear favorite here. Um, so they they should run away with this group. Um, you know, four and two, five mm-hmm. and one kind of records most likely. And then um, you know these other three, it's really tough for me to differentiate a whole lot there. Um, you yeah. know, Aberdeen I think is you know, going to be the second team. so I think they do they are a little bit better than than Bloomington and Harrisburg. And then yeah, you know, the Bloomington Harrisburg are going to be fighting out for that third spot.
0: Yep, I, I think that's right. I, I think Aberdeen maybe has a chance at uh, an at-large spot, but they played Nashville. Um, but honestly, outside of that, I think that that actually the schedule favors them to where they could go four and two, and if they can really run up the score on teams like Harrisburg or Englewood, um, we could be seeing them in the uh, in the playoff in their first PNTT. So yeah. great. Well, uh, that wraps it up for our coverage um for the pnct well real quick do you have any guesses as to who you think is gonna win the whole thing
1: um to be honest with you i haven't I, other than the the three groups we looked at i didn't look at everybody but i mean from the groups we looked at i mean rockford and and waterloo are clearly going to be uh you know standout standout teams so and they're uh, of the three groups we covered the two um so i'd imagine they're right there with, with anybody um so yeah I, honestly i didn't really look around the other groups too much so for those we spoke about, those two will definitely be up there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here, I'll give you my final four. So I think the final four are those teams you just mentioned, Waterloo, Rockford. And then I think that Erie is a final four team. They just returned so much. And then I think you guys are the other final four team. Um, I just think that, you know, you're filling in that that small forward position. But I would say Jordan Morris was probably your least productive starter, even though he's a seven-foot small forward. That's kind of fun. Um, I think you guys replaced enough with this class um, to where I think that you're you're gonna just continue to sort of like I think you guys got really unlucky in the NCT and I think that you guys have a pretty good shot of, at winning this for the second. Yeah, time.
1: we went on a good run after our first round upset, which you know at, we we are one guy short, I think, of being you know from being like in the competition with with the Waterloo's out there. I mean, mm-hmm. we do have a couple good um, you know you know, top group of guys, but, um, you know, just, you know, a couple of years ago we missed out on Isaiah Moses who now plays in conference. And this year we lost out on right. Michael who, you know, would have slid in perfectly in our shooting guard spot. Peter's back to small forward and that would have made us, I think legit challengers again. So we we've, uh, kind of in our history, we put together some really good teams, but we just can't get that that second or third guy that we really need to get us in competition. But, you know, we would, we weren't the favorites when we won two years ago in this, in this tournament. So, right. I mean, Stranger things have happened, so we'll see. That's right. They
0: really have. So I, I'm I'm excited to see how it plays out, and I think we have a lot of really good teams in this league, and I think it's a lot more of a wide-open field than it has
1: been in the past. Yeah. So
0: I th- I think that nothing here yeah, is – And even to look last year, my
1: done. team beat – we're the team that knocked Waterloo out, and, you know, that shocked me, you know, <laughs> that, that it happened. So, yeah, right. it, it can happen in any one game. So it should be fun as always, and we're definitely looking forward to – uh to hearing uh, all the coverage from you guys and everything along the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, appreciate it again, coach. Thanks for all you do for us. And I know this was a pretty big investment, so I really appreciate it. And I know Kyle does too. And uh, thanks to everyone else who's listening. Just let us know what you think, how we can improve in the future. Uh, and we will catch you guys later. Peace.